Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. All right, good morning, everyone. Why don't you turn to two or three people and uh, say good morning, welcome to church. Love on a couple people this morning. We are week number three in our spiritual warfare series, and so excited to jump into today. Today, uh, we're going to talk about temptation, uh, how we navigate temptation, how that plays out in a spiritual warfare kind of context, um, and so I'm excited today. I brought a few illustrations. We're going to have some fun. I hope you learn some things. Uh, if you would, let's pray really quick, ask God for his blessing today and to open our hearts and minds. So Heavenly Father, we do love you, God. It's always amazing and great to be in your house. Like the psalmist said, it's better to be in your house in a thousand days anywhere else. And God, we want to come today. We want to be transformed. And so Father, right now this morning, we ask that your word opens our hearts and our minds. And God, we want to receive the spiritual strength your word has to offer. God, to live a victorious life and a great life, but also to please and to love you. And if you believe that with me, say amen. 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 Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start this morning by looking at a passage where Jesus himself is being tempted by the devil. And so last week we talked about how the devil does have the right to tempt us. Don't get too discouraged because God also allowed the enemy to tempt Jesus, right? So he is allowed to talk to us. We have the right to ignore him and not listen to him. And so we're going to look at starting things off this morning, Matthew 4. How, how the enemy came to Jesus and tempted him, okay? So verse four, I think this is interesting. It says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Isn't that interesting that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, right? How many of you want to be led into blessing but not the wilderness, right? And, and here we start right out. It says the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into a wilderness time where he is by himself, where he's alone, where, you know, he doesn't have his clique around him to support him. You ever been in seasons of your life where like, man, nobody likes me. I got no friends. Why does it seem so lonely? Why does nothing seem to be going right? Maybe you're in a wilderness season, but here we find the Holy Spirit actually leading him into this situation. So after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Isn't it interesting that the enemy starts out with an if, right? He's questioning his identity. He's questioning his mission, his purpose. He's questioning his connection to the heavenly father. A lot of times when the enemy comes in with a temptation, the first thing he's after is severing your loving relationship with your heavenly father. And that's like one of the first things that he'll try to, to come after is your connection to God. So he says, you know, if you are, call these stones, make them become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written that man will not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down, right? For it's written, right? I will command his angels concerning you, and they'll lift your hands up, and nothing will strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to a foolish test, right? In other words, don't be dumb. Don't go run red lights and say, God will protect me, right? And so that's, that is what he's saying here. And isn't it interesting that the enemy is using the word of God against him? 
right? And that's why the Bible says, like, learn to rightly divide the Word of God. Well, if you can rightly divide the Word of God, guess what? You can also wrongly divide the Word of God, right? There's a lot of people that get a lot of things wrong. You can make the Bible say, like, about anything you want. If you take, like, a verse here and a verse there and take it all out of context, like, you could say about anything you want. So he's saying rightly divide, learn the Word, discern the Word. Verse 8, it says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you if you bow down and worship me, which was a real temptation. I think sometimes we forget that. This, this is the very heart of Jesus. The heart of God was, I want people, I want the world to come to know me in a good and loving and awesome relationship. Jesus actually wanted to reach the world. But how many of you know he had to do it God's way, the Father's way, and not the devil's way? Right? There's such, it's so funny. Like sometimes the thing you want, it's not like it's a bad thing, but the way you go about getting it determines everything. And so here he's like, you know, I can't get it that way. And so then in verse 11, the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. A fu- couple of fun questions for us this morning. Do you remember the first time you were tempted? Just raise your hand. You don't have to say what it was, but do you remember maybe when you were little, the first time you were tempted? I remember a first, my first few temptations. One of them, I was in the grocery store, and I asked my mom for a candy bar, and I love Snickers. Man, your boy back in the day was husky. He loved his Twinkies and, and Snickers, and, and I used to go to my grandparents' house after school, and they'd load me with all the sugar and the candy and then send me home, right? I had those kind of grandparents. It was, it was great times. And so I asked my mom for a Snickers bar at the grocery store, which she said no to, right? So while she's checking out, I'm trying to be sly, and I go like over here, and I try to slide one in my pocket while she's not looking. Well, my thieving games were not that good. I was like five or six or whatever, right? And she caught me. And man, this, I'm an 80s baby, so my parents believed in spankings, y'all. Like, okay, so I got in trouble. I got spanked. I got in trouble again. My dad spanked. You know, it was just like, it was like an ongoing thing. And so I, I remember my first temptation. I wanted the candy bar, and I stole it, and I got in trouble. I remember another time I, I was little, and, and I had a good idea. I was like, I'm going to climb up this shelf, and I'm going to knock all my mom's plants over. And my sister is a couple years younger than me. And so when my mom, you know, came around, she goes, who did this? And I remember feeling the temptation, like I could tell her the truth or I could blame it on my sister, right? It seemed like a much better idea to blame it on my sister. And of course, my mom did not believe that lie and I got in trouble and I got spanked. It was great, you know? And so I, I remember, remember that. Um, I, I love this quote from uh, Oscar Wilde. This is just so, so funny for me. The only way to get rid of a temptation is to yield to it. <laughs> I just think that's funny. It's not true, okay? It's not biblical, but, but I, just, I just think that's kind of, kind of funny, right? Um, that, that, that temptation is, is a real thing, and, and we, we feel it. And what, I, what I've learned is the devil never tempts you with things that you're disinterested in. He only tempts you with things that you're interested in, that you need, that you want, that you have a soul craving for. But how many of you know if we followed all of our temptations, we would all be in trouble? Right? If we followed all of our temptations, man, our, our career wouldn't work out, right? Our, our marriage wouldn't work out. Our friendships wouldn't work out. It, it would, everything would end in disaster. Anybody in here given to a temptation and regretted it, right? I mean, every hand should probably go up at least, at least once there. Uh, James 1 15, the de- desire when it has conceived give birth, gives birth to sin, and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. 
Now, the enemy knows this. And I, I used this illustration a couple weeks ago, and I think it is probably the truest illustration about temptation ever. When you go fishing, you don't just throw a hook into the water. The fish is disinterested in the hook. So what do you do? You put a piece of bait on the hook, and the fish is interested in a worm or a grasshopper or some other lure. That's where the interest is. The enemy is defeated, but he's not dumb. I think sometimes we think as believers we're dealing with a dumb devil. He's not. He is not going to approach you with things that you are disinterested in. He is going to put the right bait for you on the hook. There's always a hook, but he will never load it with the hook. He's going to load it with bait, and that's how he often gets us, right? And so we know that the end is death, but it looks good. I love this statement from the old school saints. I actually, growing up, I remember my grandmother saying this to me. She said, sin will look better before you take the bite, right? It just looks better before you take the bite, costs more than you want to pay, and keep you longer than you wanted to stay. This is old school Jesus saints saying, and I, I think there's, a lot of truth to that. I don't know of anybody that has ever had a five-year goal to go bankrupt. You ever met anybody that's got a five-year goal to go bankrupt? I, I don't know anyone I've ever met that has a two-year plan to get divorced. I, I don't know anybody that has a 10-year plan to make their kids hate them, right? I, I, I don't know anybody that has like a six-month plan to get totally hooked on pornography. I have never met anybody with a plan to ruin their life. Unfortunately, it's also kind of rare that I meet people that have a 10-year plan to save, right? A, 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 like a one-year health goal. Like It's funny, we don't plan to do the wrong things, but often we don't plan to do the right things either. And so today, I want to help you plan to do some of the right things when we address this issue of temptation. Today, this is your battle plan for temptation. Amen. I want to, I want to help you this morning. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith. Again, not fear-filled, but alert. And I think that's been the tension we've talked about all month long, is God doesn't want us to be fear-filled believers when we talk spiritual warfare, but we do want to be alert and wise and know our authority and full of wisdom. This morning, let me help you when you go through some of your temptations. Number one, live within your limits. Live within. Within your limits. If you're taking some notes, write this down. As human beings, we are classically awesome here. The moment you give anyone a boundary, what do they do? They are going to go right to the edge of that boundary, cross the boundary, or live on the edge, see how far they can go. The moment God gives us anything in his word, what do we do? We go right to the edge of the boundary. I was a youth pastor before I, I was a pastor. And the number one question I ever got from young men is, how far can I go before it's sin? Right? Like, come on. Like, I mean, I'm preaching to 12-year-olds and 13, 14-year-olds. How far is too far, Pastor Matt? Can I rub her back and not go to hell? Right? <laughs> Can I rub her lower back? Oh, come on, somebody. Like, like how, how intense? Can I smell her hair? Can I hold her hand? Like, like how far before it's too far, right? I mean, we're, we're so funny. You know, in, in 50 years of youth ministry, I never had anyone say, how far away can I get? 
right? It's just because it's human nature. The moment there's a boundary, we want to go to the edge of that boundary. We can't help ourselves. And it is kind of funny, like, because we don't do this with other things, right? Things that are dangerous, we, we, don't, we don't do this with. Like, I don't want to get into a plane, and I never want to hear the pilot say, hey, we're out of fuel. We're going to see how far we can go before we crash. I don't want to hear that from my pilot. I want to live within my limit. You know, last week I had to drive to Tampa, and I'm going across the Everglades. I was getting a little low on gas. I pulled off and got gas because I don't want to see how far I can go in the Everglades before I run out of fuel. Your boy does not want to fight pythons and alligators. Like, I want gas. Like, I want to live within my limit. Um, I, I brought my regulators today. These are my diving regulators for a little illustration. I love scuba diving. I've enjoyed scuba diving for about a decade. Um, and and I've, I've done, you know, pretty chill dives at 20, 30 feet. I've dove at 50, 60 feet. Uh, and I've, I've even dove at 100 and some feet. Uh, in fact, the, one of the deeper wrecks I had been on was in Key West. And it was this awesome World War II ship that they had sunk and gutted. And now I was able to get in there and dive in. And it just, it was awesome. I mean, it was just a great experience. Now, before you go on a dive... Uh, you do a little thing called the dive plan. And what you're doing is you're planning your dive, and then you go execute that dive, right? And the reason that's important is because when you are 100 feet down, you don't want to run out of air, right? Like you plan how much air it'll take you to get down there, how much time you have with the amount of air that you have, and then how much it will take to come back up. Because at the end of the dive, guess what? You want to come back home. Right? Like you, I don't want to be 110 feet down and run out of air. I want to know what my limit is and where I can safely have a great time and then come back up, right? So many believers don't live within their limits. They, it's funny. We all think, oh, I can, I can handle the temptation, right? I can take it, bring it on. I can live on the edge. I think so many believers, we've forgotten to live within the limits. My wife and I, we have been married coming up for 17 years this year. And I can joyfully tell you there have been no affairs. And it's not because we're holier than anybody else. It's not because I act like the Pope. It's not because we read our Bible 20 hours every day, both of us. And it's never because we don't ever have an argument. We had a great argument just two days ago. And we finished it up yesterday with another one. You know, my couples, like, you know, you got the good argument, and then you got, like, the secondary argument about the argument, that who started the argument. And, and it's not that we never even argue. It's just, what, what have we done? We have good boundaries. We've learned to live within the limits of, of who we are. We've made our dive plan. We've made our battle plan. We've asked ourselves, and this is an important question I want you to ask yourself this morning. How do you want this to end? How do you want your Christian life, how do you want your experience, how do you want this to actually end? Before I go on the dive, I ask myself the question, how do I want this dive to end up? I want to be back on the boat. Therefore, I won't push 10, 15 more minutes at 100 feet. I want the air to come back up. I want to live within my limit. I, I want to make it. I, I, I have dreamed about my future, and I want to grow old with my wife. I want my kids to be around my table. I, I, I don't want to be a new story. I have asked myself the powerful question, how do I want this to end? And then I've made a decision now before I get into an emotional moment. 
Woo. I'm not there yet. Like Paul said, I haven't arrived yet, but I'm 17 years in the running, and I want to get there. Boundaries, my limits, my air. I want to live within the limit. So many believers, I think, are swimming on empty tanks. There's, there's a great analogy, and, uh, and it's talking about church and fellowship and reading your word. And They say, you know, a man can be gone for the weekend and everything is fine. His marriage is fine. His family's okay. Everything's fine. You can, you can leave for the weekend, right? But if a man is gone for a month, his kids are going to feel it a little bit. His marriage is going to feel it a little bit. There's going to be a strain. Now, if a man is gone for a year, both his kids and his marriage are probably in a little bit of trouble. You can miss a weekend of church and be fine. You can trade church for the beach for a weekend. You're fine. Don't worry. There's no stress. We're not legalistic. I love you. Have fun. Go party it up. But if you're gone for a month, you're going to feel it a little bit. Your tank's going to be a little dry. I'm preaching a lot better than everyone's reacting today. I know. Like, like, like. And if you're gone for a year, your faith is going to be low. You're going to be weak. It's easy to be defeated. It's simply you need fellowship. You need the word. You need the worship. Your tank is, is, is low. Number two, we want to learn our weaknesses. So we want to live within our limits, but number two, we want to learn our weaknesses this morning. James 3, 2, probably the most encouraging scripture in all the Bible. We all stumble in many ways. <laughs> Great. James is like, y'all are trash, man. Like, you guys, you guys are really bad at this Jesus thing. Like, we all stumble in many ways. We all stumble in many ways. Everyone is weak somewhere. Let's be honest. Fighting temptation takes a lot of emotional energy. It takes a lot of mental energy. It takes a lot of spiritual energy to fight off temptation. Let me just give you a funny little like, story. Like, like, you ever gone to the office and somebody baked brownies, right? But two days ago, you just started your diet plan, right? And you're like, oh, it smells so good. I mean, you act like it's been a year since you've eaten brownies. It's only been two days on, on your new diet, and you're just like, woo! You know, and you watch your coworkers start eating brownies. You know, what are you doing? You're feeling sorry for yourself, right? You're like, oh, you know, of course now, like, you know, it's like you're all emotional about it, right? Well, maybe just a little bit, you know, no, I'm going to be strong, right? Okay. Like you fight the whole day, right? The whole day you're fighting brownies while you're working on spreadsheets. What do you do? You come home, you yell at your spouse, you kick your dog, right? You watch a show and then what do you go? You go bake a whole tray of brownies. I do deserve this. I'm just going to smell it. I'm just going to lick it. You know, what have you done? You just ate the entire tray of brownies by 9 p.m., right? Fighting temptation takes a lot of energy. It really does. So we want to know our weaknesses and build according. I love what Pastor Craig Rochelle says. He says, willpower wanes. Willpower wanes. If I just want to square away at a temptation, my willpower over time, it wanes. Genesis 39, I want to quickly look at the story of Joseph, right? Joseph is a good-looking young man. Uh, he, he's actually a slave in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's house has a crush on Joseph. She, she is after him, right? I mean, you could literally, this is like Desperate Housewives. You could literally make a sitcom off. This is Love Island, right? Like, this is like, I mean, this is like, she's thirsty. Like, it's, this is a real story. And, and, and Potiphar's gone, and she's like, yo, I want you. And she grabs his coat. 
And the Bible says he runs out of the house. He runs out of the house. Why? Because he decided it's better to lose my coat than my character. Woo! It's better to drop my coat than drop all the character I've built with God. Can I, can I ask you this this morning? What's your coat? Because we all have a coat. We all have something we can get snagged on that will hold us back if we let it. It's better to drop your coat this morning than your character. Come on. Oh, no one likes this. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to try over here. It's better to drop our coat this morning than our character. But what, what snags you? I, I think it's, it would have been so easy for Joseph to have been like, you know what? Things are not going well. God has not heard my prayers. Life is not good. I'm going to reward myself. I think what so many people do in modern times is we use our disappointments to justify our disobedience. That was deep. And a lot of us are there. We use the failures of others to excuse our own failures. It is better to drop our coats than our character. He had a lot of reasons to stay, but he chose the way out. So my question this morning is, what's your coat? What snags you? Is it your pride? Is it your hurt? You know, is, is it lust? Is it lukewarmness? Is, is it pain that from five years ago that you're still trying to cover? 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. When you're tempted, he will also provide you a way out so you can endure it. This is actually a really comforting scripture to me. No temptation has ever come to you that's not common. It doesn't solve it, but at least lets you know you're not alone. And I think one of the first things anybody wants to do is tempt you and be like, it's just you. You're the only one that's ever felt this way, thought this way, been tempted this, and that's just not true. Because my Bible says that anything that hit you is hit everybody else at some point, in some way. Everybody's got something, a weakness, a coat, a snag, a hurt, a pain, right? Something. Anything that's hit you is common to the rest of us. We are never going, I've said this from the beginning, we're never going to be a stone-throwing church. Never. When, someone, if, when someone's sin comes out, we're not going to grab the stones. We're going to point people to Jesus. Because guess what? The rest of us need help too. Look at your neighbor. They need help. I need help. You need help. We all have a coat. We all have a weakness. No stones. We're just going to point people to Jesus. Amen. I think that's the heart of God. Number three, and, and, and I'm done. I'm, I'll calm down after this one. Lean into grace. Lean into grace. We tend to think that grace is something for me after we sin, which it is. But you know what? You can also have grace before you sin. There's actually been a number of times in my life I said, God, if you don't help me, I'm going to screw this whole thing up. If you don't help me, if you don't give me grace, I'll mess it up. God's grace is God's power to forgive you of your sin, cleanse you of your sin, and empower you not to sin. That's, that's really the full thing on grace. Sometimes we're like, oh, it just forgives me when I screw up. and blah, blah, blah. Listen, God's grace is not cheap. If sin wasn't serious, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on a cross for it. So let's not forget there is that side of it. But the other side is God will empower me now to live for him and be like him. He doesn't expect me to change on my own. And that's a beautiful thought. And, and what religion does, religion's like, okay, you change and you got to do it. Grace says, let's change and I'll give you the power to do it. 
there's a difference. So I can lean on something that's, that's not me. I, I'm going to call Ben down real quick. Uh, Orlando hurt his knee, so let me grab Matt and, and let me grab uh, McKinley. Thank you. Yes. Anyway, because o, o hurt his knee. So how bad is your knee, O? Can you, can you do this illustration or no? You, you want to? How, how, how bad did we hurt this knee? I mean, do you want to man up right now or, or no? Okay, okay. All right. No, I'm, 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 messing, I'm messing. Ben, you come over here. So, okay. I called these guys, but, but this, this is what this is like, right? Like, so if, if Orlando is a temptation, he represents a temptation, right? And he starts pushing on me, right? He ain't going to hit on me, okay? You're like laughing. Like, he's like, something like, if he starts pushing on me, okay? So go ahead and just start pushing on me, right? Like at some point, if I'm just trying to make a stand, you can push harder. Keep pushing hard. Yeah, push harder. Yeah, there you go. So at some point, I'm just like, if I'm trying to stand still and go ahead, and even if I like, if I give it my strength, if I'm just standing, at some point, the temptation gets exhausting and gets too much, right? But, but if I choose to make a decision, you guys kind of put yourselves back on me. But, but if I'm like, all right, God, at some point, I, I just don't have the will to push on this temptation anymore. Then go ahead and put, push back, guys. Guys, if he pushes me over, you all are terrible, okay? So like, like, but like at some point, I lean into God's grace. Go for it one more time. Push, oh, push, push, push. Y'all let me fall. The illustration's over, okay? So don't, don't screw up. All right, you're good. You give it up for these guys. They did a great job. But at some point in, in this whole thing, like, I have to admit I'm just a human being. I don't have the power in and of myself. I've never been called. I cannot take myself to heaven, and I cannot live like heaven without grace. Both of those require grace. And so at some point, I'm like, I can't fight this. I can't live this thing. I can't do this thing. And so I can sit here and be miserable, or I can lean on God's grace, expecting him to help me transform me, make me new, be something for me that I could never be for myself. And I just kind of lean back into it and let the grace of God push back. I will say this, though, as we close down. Yes, temptation does make sin look good, but grace makes Jesus look better. There have been time and time again in my life where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it looks wonderful, but I know where it goes. But in the end, grace always makes Jesus look better. And I'm going to lean into his grace. I'm going to let him change my heart. I'm going to let him change my mind. I'm going to let him do his work on me. Because guess what? It's not about me in the end anyway. It's about him. And if you make the end goal, God, I want to be with you and please you and love you, there is power released for that. If you're like, go, God, I want the whole thing to be about me and make my life better, blah, blah, blah. It's like there's no grace in that. There's no power in that. But if you make it about him and you, Man, grace gets dispensed. Amen. Would you guys close your eyes? I'll close with this. Romans 5.20 says, wherever sin increased, grace increased all the more. Wherever sin goes, wherever weakness goes, wherever mistakes go, grace goes all the more. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Lord, we are people in need of your grace because we all struggle in many ways. And so, Father, I thank you for helping us as a local body be authentic, be humble, be open to Jesus, what you want to do in our lives. And God, I thank you that you've never called us to face spiritual warfare alone. You've never called us to face temptation alone, but you are with us and you're making a way out. Father, today I thank you that there is forgiveness, there is newness, and there is your great grace released on us. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, just receive it this morning and say amen. Amen. 
Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.